Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Welcome to episode 81 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And are you someone who has decided to say goodbye to dieting forever? Have you decided that you are done with torturing your body with a system of eating that just doesn't work? But then you look down and that is just so far to drop without that safety net. If you think about making that leap to something like intuitive eating or just living without dieting. This episode's letter features someone who is in that place. She's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because she knows that dieting doesn't work and she's experimenting with something like intuitive eating And it's just so scary. And she feels herself making quote unquote mistakes and wonders how is she ever going to move forward, especially because she really is not going to diet again. It really is. It's not an option anymore. Yet this intuitive eating thing is really, really scary and hard and feels like it's not working. So what should she do? 
And if you're someone who hasn't sworn off diets, but maybe is thinking since you found my podcast that maybe diets aren't the best thing in the world for you, this is a really great one to listen to because I think even people who haven't made the step away from dieting, but are thinking about this, this is the big fear that comes to mind. Before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by my summer PCOS series. It's a very special series that helps women with PCOS to promote health without dieting. Yes, you can be healthy with PCOS without dieting, and I want to show you how to do it. I have teamed up with this fabulous grad student. Her name is Kimberly Singh, and she is training to become a dietitian, and she also has PCOS. And she's a fabulous researcher and she is diving deep and we are digging through all the different options and ways to treat PCOS without dieting. So if you want to check it out, go to juliedillonrd.com slash PCOS series. All right, let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food. For many years, I tried to control my weight and body by micromanaging you. It was miserable. At the time, I thought misery was a necessary part of losing weight and becoming healthy. Now I know that's not true. A quote-unquote healthy weight doesn't actually mean you're healthy. Losing weight never actually fixed any of my problems. And diets don't work. I honestly never want to diet again. Diets are emotionally and physically draining. Plus, they are a complete waste of my time. I end up spending 90% of my brain power thinking about food when I'm on a diet. But here's the problem, food. I am stuck in between two worlds. I have sworn to never diet again, but I also haven't mastered intuitive eating yet. And so I find myself trying to prove to myself that I'm not on a diet. And that usually ends in me overeating as a way to show myself that I'm not restricting. How do I get past this point? What have others done to move past this? Sincerely, now what? Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for this note. I really appreciate it. And I think you're coming across a really important and common stuck point in healing one's relationship with food. So I'm really excited to dive in. And you brought up that you identified dieting connecting to misery. And I really think that in our world right now, people think in order to be healthy, one must be doing the opposite of feeling pleasure. Must be Someone must be feeling miserable or hurting or some kind of no pain, no gain type of cliche. And honestly, our world has so much more to it than that. And it's also neglecting the fact that healthy eating does indeed include pleasure. So I always say, if it hurts, if this eating pattern does not feel energizing to you, then it's definitely a diet and it's definitely not gonna be long-term. So it's not gonna be health promoting. So you've done such a wonderful um, I don't know, you've, you've given yourself a wonderful gift, I guess, of identifying that diets are hurting you in the long run. And um, even though it's it's the chatter we hear all day long, it's really important that you made this step. And it's also really important because when I read that 
thinking about food when you're on a diet takes about 90% of your brain space. Holy crap. That is like just so much more power than food is supposed to have. You know, we're supposed to think about food a little bit, but only when we need to, you know, when it's getting close to a meal or snack time, when we're starting to get hungry. And maybe when we're planning our grocery list or making dinner, you know, we may be thinking about food, but our brain and our body is not supposed to be thinking about food all the time. And when we do start to think about food all of the time, like you described with food preoccupation, that's when um, eating behaviors can cause more pain than pleasure and they can become more, much more unhealthy. So, um, you know, as you are adjusting to this kind of rock in a hard place and um, you're kind of like, I guess I have to get comfortable here for a little bit. I want you to know that you've already done the toughest part of this whole process. You've already said goodbye to diets. And I can tell by your letter, you are not going back because you can't unsee what you've seen. <laughs> and, um, you know, that kind of misery, if you get close to it, I know you're going to feel the connection to that. This is just not a good idea for me and for my life. So what's next? Well, I want you to get really used to two things. Um, and they both begin with the letter C. So hopefully they'll be easy to remember. I want you to get really used to being compassionate with yourself because in your letter, you mention a behavior that's actually really common in this, this step of the journey for many people in that you said that you noticed that you're eating way past fullness in order to make sure that you're not dieting or restricting. And that is really common. I know uh, many people talk to me about how they don't even want to eat vegetables or fruits for a little bit because they kind of put those together with diets. It's kind of like diets have got the ownership of all foods that um, have some kind of um, health-promoting kind of uh, connotation to them which is really unfortunate because um, fruits and vegetables are not the end-all be-all of health, but I do think they're a part of it. <laughs> so um, I think it's just really important though for you to acknowledge that um, this is just part of your journey. And so when you notice yourself doing those behaviors, I really hope you're not putting a should on it or judging it. Or if you do those things, just, just try to be compassionate with it because this is a process. I wish healing your relationship with food and making these steps on your food peace journey. I wish they were easier. I wish they were faster, but I just need to acknowledge that they're just not. And after, you know, walking line alongside so many people over the last 15 years doing these same steps, what you're going through is really normal and expected and it won't last forever. So along those lines, as you're really practicing self-compassion, I want you to remember another C word. It is curious. I want you to continue to be curious. That's how you picked up on that kind of food pattern of eating past fullness in order to protect yourself from a dieting behavior. You were curious. And I don't know if you were aware that you were being curious, but you were, and that's excellent work. It's really hard work and it's really good work. And I want you to continue to do it. If you are compassionate with yourself and you maintain a level of curiosity, you will uncover so much great dirt on what's been going on with the dieting and what's been the root of your food preoccupation. It'll blow you away, the food rules that you will connect with, and it'll help you connect so many dots to the misery and patterns in your life that will further seal a deal that you will never go back to dieting. 
So as you are practicing self-compassion and you're being extra curious about your food choices and patterns, yes, you will be thinking about food more. I really don't want it to be 90%, but you know, all this extra thinking is a necessary part. It's a heightened awareness. And so um, if you read intuitive eating or talk to the authors, um, you know, we did get a chance to hear from Evelyn Tribley, one of the co-authors of intuitive eating, I believe it was episode 62 of the Love Food Podcast. So if you want to check it out um, and hear straight from her, she talks a lot about this. But in the beginning, you will notice that you will be thinking about it a lot. And I can remember two examples in my life where I was learning a new skill and I had to think about it a lot and I don't think about it at all anymore. One of them was learning how to type on a typewriter. And I remember having to think about the home row. And then if I was spelling a word, I had to really think about the letter and then where I would put my finger. And even at night, I remember falling asleep. And in my head, I would be typing words because I was still thinking about it. Way more thinking about typing than we're supposed to be thinking about. But now as, as I was preparing for this episode, I didn't even think about home row as I was typing. I just typed. It just naturally happens. And I have a feeling if I injured my hand um, or something like that where I couldn't type, I would have to think about it again until I healed. And that's what I am seeing with your process right now. You know, there was a time, letter writer, where you were able to eat in an intuitive way. Food was pleasurable and peaceful. And you thought about it just the right amount of times every day yet something kind of broke your hand, you know, something broke that process and that was diet culture and fat phobia. So now you're repairing it and you're having to think about it again. Another kind of metaphor or similar experience is learning how to ride a bike. I can remember having to think about it, especially when I would um, put on the brake. And I, and I also think about riding a car the same way, you know, you have to think about the pedals, but now we don't think about those. And we even have a, a saying. It's just like riding a bike. So intuitive eating is just like riding a bike. It comes back eventually. And especially because we have to think about food all the time, every single day. Um, and actually, when I say all the time, I don't mean all the time as in a food preoccupation way, but we do need to think about food every day because we need it to stay alive every day. So this is something that will feel exhausting at times and you probably will get sick of it sometimes and you will just be like, I don't want to be aware of what I'm eating right now. And I hope you again can reach into that compassion that we were talking about earlier and just let yourself be distracted for a little bit. Let yourself check out in a hopefully healthy way. Maybe watch a movie or um, watch something on Netflix where you can just check out for a little bit. I can appreciate that exhaustion for sure. but. Um, it's really, really good work. And eventually you won't have to think about it so much. So another thing I want to add to this for you, letter writer, you know, besides the compassion and the curiosity and acknowledging, yes, you're going to have to think about food for a little bit more for right now. If this is still not enough, if you find yourself feeling still too chaotic, it feels too scary, just know that there is another avenue you can go. So what I do with many people that I work with in person, I was, we do this thing called check-in times. I know it sounds really fancy, right? <laughs> but um, we do these things called check-in times because for the most part, as humans, we need to eat every three to four hours. Everyone's going to be different in a way, but that's kind of like a loose kind of guideline. And if you're going more than four hours without eating or at least checking in to eat, then there's 
too much time going between it. You need to have more frequency with that. And the only difference, of course, with that is when we're sleeping. Um, and thankfully, we have a liver that is able to make its own glucose through gluconeogenesis that helps our brain from um, passing out in the middle of the night or going brain dead. And because um, really three to four hours is about as long as our, our brain can go without getting glucose to it. So by eating with more frequency, it allows us to maintain brain function. So anyway, what I like to do with people that I work with is that we like to do these check-in times. And so what I suggest to you, letter writer, is to pick um, every three-ish hours every day. And if you have a chaotic schedule, you may have schedule A and schedule B, where you really just have a barometer check, where um, let's say it's at 8 a.m. and then 11 a.m. and then maybe 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. And I would actually put the check-in times until you go to bed each night. So after five, I would do 8 p.m. and then 11 p.m., maybe go to bed at midnight. Continue to have check-in times even later, even though it goes against these dumb food rules that our world has out there. It's important, especially during our down times to have these check-in times. But what I would do during these check-in times is ask yourself and practice again that self-compassion. What do I need right now? And really intentionally do like a body scan where you check in with your hunger, you check in with your fatigue level. Do you need to use the bathroom? Are you thirsty? You know, just let yourself connect to what your body needs in that moment. And there's a wonderful thing that we have now, these like smartphones, right? We have them around us all the time and they can be quite annoying. But one thing that's really cool about it is you can set your own um, kind of ding or message or some kind of communication system to let you know that it's a check-in time. So you can get an auditory alert that, hey, I need to stop just for a moment, really just a moment and check in with yourself. And even if you don't follow through, even if you try to ignore it, as you practice these check-in times, it eventually rewires your brain to think about food and to um, think about what you need with a proper amount of frequency. So if you were previously food preoccupied and uh, thinking about food all the time, it helps you to think about it less often. If you were someone that was not thinking about food with enough frequency and um, was skipping meals throughout the day, this helps to remind you to take care of whatever you need which includes food. So that's a really powerful and really simple tool. But I tell you, there's so many people who find really solid food footing with their intuitive eating experience and making peace with food with that step. It sounds really easy. It's not as easy as it sounds. And it takes a few weeks to a month to really get used to doing that every single day. But I promise you, you'll find some really great information and firmer footing on your food peace journey. So before we move on, I want to acknowledge just one more thing. It's really tough to make peace with food. I think it's one of the toughest things that people can choose to do. And we live in a world that hasn't recovered from its own eating disorder yet. Luckily, there are amazing practitioners out there that are designed to do the work to help partner with you on your food, food peace journey. I love doing that work. And I know there's many other dietitians and therapists out there that would love to help you, letter writer. So if you take some of these nuggets that I've given you, or you've already tried them and they just it's just not enough, then you just need more. And I wouldn't be surprised because again, our world hasn't recovered from its own eating disorder yet. So I would encourage you to look into that. Maybe you want to work with a dietitian that really gets intuitive eating, or maybe you want to work with a therapist that takes a health at every size approach 
and also understands intuitive eating. I would really encourage you to explore that. The other option too, if, if especially if cost is something that's keeping you from that, is I love how so many of my colleagues are also offering group therapy and like online courses with intuitive eating. There's three dietitians that I wanted to acknowledge that have excellent courses and it's such a great deal financially and the level of support you get is amazing. Um, One is by Paige Smathers and she's the host of Nutrition Matters podcast. The other one is Erica Leon. She's a dietitian that is a friend of the Love Food podcast. She was on on one of the episodes. And then lastly, Christy Harrison, who um, is the host of Food Psych podcasts and um, all, actually, all these dietitians are friends of the food, of uh, the Love Food podcast, rather, and um, have been on the show before. So, I would encourage you to look into one of their courses and see if that's another way that you could further help. Um, just feel like you have firmer footing on your food peace journey. So, I see food has written back. So, letter writer, I'm really excited to hear what food has to say. And letter writer. Keep us posted on how things are going. I hope things start to get easier. And I'm really excited to hear about your next steps. And remember, you've done the toughest part. So the next part is going to be, you know, uneasy and scary, but you can do it. Thank you to this episode's sponsor, my PCOS summer series. You can read about it at juliedillonrd.com slash PCOS series. All right, let's hear what food has to say. Take care. Dear Now What? It is so wonderful to finally have a chance to have a positive relationship with you. We know we've been blamed for the misery, yet you've changed directions. Although this is exciting, we appreciate your fears. Take it slow. There's no rush. Be curious about the changes and how you experience them. Be compassionate for how you travel these next steps along your journey. We hope you connect with help when you need it. It may be just the fuel you need. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.